You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Welcome to the show. So today we are going to be talking about food. We have talked about food before, but now we want to talk about how fast food has changed over time. Obviously, as a member of Gen Z, uh, most of us have probably grown up with a fair bit of fast food, but we only know it within the context of the past 20 years when Super Size Me came out. And uh, there was a lot of crazy back and forth and rhetoric on how bad it is for you and you know how they've supersized things and dollar menus and how so many just the industry of fast food has become so much more of an establishment I feel like than it was when you were growing up I felt like it was something that families would do maybe on week occasional weeknights it'd be a special sort of thing and portion sizes were smaller I would imagine so we're gonna kind of dive into how it was different when we were growing up and sort of what we've observed now uh, within the past 10, even 20 years on fast food in general. We've given our thoughts on fast food chains and restaurants and what we think is the best and worst. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, you should go ahead and check over our library. It's a pretty fun one. But uh, what do you have to say about all this? Well, I, I just want to go back to that episode to which you refer, I believe that was one of our more popular episodes because mm. food is universal. We is. all love food. We all like to talk about food. In fact, I've just come back from consuming quite a bit of food. So I'm in the mood <laughs> to talk about food. Yes. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we just did a massive burger challenge. That is my dad, myself, and of course, Grace even participated in this one. Successfully, I might add. Yes, these are one pound burgers and they're known as the Hall of Fame burgers. And the best part is you can get them any way you want, unlike the pancakes that we did for our last challenge. So obviously, Give me the burger over the pancakes any day. Yeah, and I will also say we all had milkshakes with it and my dad had a full basket of fries. He, I did not have a, a full basket of fries. I had some fries, some tater tots, and yes... I, um, I'm eating very healthy today. Yeah. Well, he definitely came to play. So speaking of eating quote unquote healthy, let's dive into fast food a little bit. So one thing I'm kind of interested in is I remember when we went to a pizza hut, like kind mm -hmm. of when we were traveling over to the beach mm -hmm. and this, with a cheese that wasn't melted. I, that's right. Right. They couldn't serve us pizza. Bennettsville, South Carolina. Yep. <laughs> because... Their cheese was all frozen and that needed to thaw out. So I suppose they were offering the salad bar. But I'd never seen a sit-in Pizza Hut like that. It was almost like a casual dining experience. And is that how Pizza Hut was when it was originally introduced? Really? Yeah. For me, Pizza Hut in my head is still very much... And surely they still have them. Sit-down dining rooms. I mean, where you would go and you would just order a pizza and it was just like any other restaurant but i think also fast food places really change to how they're perceived like you would go to subway very quickly like it's not a destination place like i wouldn't you would right i like subway but I don't. you know most people in the world are just like okay i'll go get a quick sandwich mm -hmm. for a reasonable price mm -hmm. and that's why it is the most populous uh most popular 
There are more establish, uh, subway establishments, I think there's well over 4,000 in the world, which far outnumbers the likes of McDonald's. And of course, sandwiches are pretty universal too, because you can customize them any way you like, whereas McDonald's just sort of focuses on burgers, mm-hmm. of course, and mm-hmm. that's not um, that's not necessarily uh, applied across all different cultures and countries. So I was interested because I feel like places like Pizza Hut are not just the only things that I thought were kind of different these days now. Mm-hmm. Because whenever I think of Pizza Hut, it's always expressed. They barely, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like they barely have you even come in and pick it up at this point. And that's so interesting to me because when you say Pizza Hut, I do not think of a Pizza Hut Express. Um, largely because I have, I don't think I've ever done that. I, yeah, it, my Pizza Hut experience is go in, sit down. It's like a family dining or, experience. It is. It is in those red plastic cups. Mm-hmm. Those of you who in my generation know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and I want to say they had red tablecloths anyway, but I don't remember the express version. I mean, I, I don't when I think about Pizza Hut, I don't mm-hmm. think of the express version to which you're referring. I do, however, think of um, delivery. Delivery. And yeah. I did want to ask you about that. Um, I also heard that Pizza Hut had um, buffets in those locations, mm-hmm. too, which is wild to me. Like CeCe's Pizza. And you know what else had buffets? What? Well, sort of a buffet. What's that? Wendy's. Wendy's? Wendy's had the super bar. I remember when they had the salad bar. Which was the... Right. And then, then it was... They expanded it. You could get either the super bar... Or the salad bar. And I think the super bar included the salad bar, but you wow. could opt to get just the salad bar. That's crazy. Your grandfather, grandpa, huh? really liked um, the, the super su- bar. I think the super bar, yeah. Why would you go to a fast food place to get salad, though? That's my question. It's I know that they've obviously expanded healthier options and done all these impossible burgers and plant-based foods and stuff. And that's fine because it caters to more people. But I think like, that's good, yeah going and getting a salad at an establishment like that i mean clearly you're there for the pizza unless in our case where all the cheese is frozen and we have nothing to eat but there's salads. that right yeah but i also heard um <clears throat> i also heard that uh delivery is a relatively new concept like it's not 10 years old like but delivery as in just delivery delivering pizza was it common or was it kind of new for you when you were growing up in the 70s i feel like it was mostly you went and got it or you sat down there yeah i also grew up in the 80s i want to point that out but um we were not a family that had things delivered Mm -hmm. but i do remember the onset of delivery was probably in the latter part of the 70s at least from my experience Mm -hmm. but we were not because we weren't going to pay the Mm -hmm. extra fee or the tip to the delivery person, so we would just go get it. And I do want to ask this. Yeah. I mean this in earnest. Do were drive-throughs a thing until like the nineties? Did you really have drive-throughs? That was going to be one of the things I wanted to point out in this episode is yeah. that the proliferation of the drive-through had mm. has really transformed. Um, uh, I think how we consume food in uh, the twenty-first century. That's not to say it didn't exist in the latter part of the twentieth century, but when you right. think about it, it's not just fast food anymore that has drive-throughs. And I think that's sort of where the shift has come from. When you were a kid, I think fast food places were for families to go and sit in for the most part, get a quick, cheap uh, bite to eat that was, um, you know, a lot smaller serving sizes too. Mm-hmm. And now it's become more about express, like you getting it on your quick lunch hour or you stopping by uh, the place instead of going and sitting inside of it. Because I feel like that is wholly where the business is focused now. How many 
like people can come through our drive-through, how many people can just stop by for a quick snack, quick bite to eat, because it seems like with what you were talking about with Pizza Hut, they were relying more on just a bunch of family diners mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I will tell you the first time I ever went to a Wendy's, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a treat to go to Wendy's. And 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 mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, uh, my first Wendy's experiences uh, were um, of sitting around as a family mm-hmm. and the tabletops in my generation, yeah. Gen X will remember this, were it was sort of like newsprint. Oh, and it was laminated okay. yeah. newsprint. And that was sort of a Wendy's kind of, you know, a hallmark of mm. a Wendy's dining room. And I remember many years later, maybe 20 years after my first Wendy's experience, uh-huh. when they changed that, it was a big disappointment. I mean, you know, to the level that a, a fast food, you know, the atmosphere <laughs> of a fast food restaurant is disappointing me, right? But, <laughs> yeah. but it was a whole thing. So it, that for me was sort of like, a, oh, this is a whole new, honestly, a whole new world of fast food. With regard to Wendy's. So I would imagine that also when you were growing up, fast food essentially meant pizza, burgers, <laughs> hot dogs, and fries, and milkshakes. And it was really, yeah. it, I feel like the menus were a lot smaller. They didn't deviate. They from, were more similar one to another. I would tell you that if, as I sit here and think about it, I think maybe there were four or five, you know, fast food chains that mm-hmm. you could, you would see just about anywhere. Now, you know, the West Coast has In-N-Out Burger. I know your favorite. Not really. But, you know, d- d- different regions of the country had different things. Like <clears throat> growing up outside of Pittsburgh, we had Long John Silver. And we have Biscuitville over and, here in right. the Carolinas. Correct. Um, um, so some of them yeah. are regional. But uh, others, you know, the ones that were sort of national mm-hmm. are, you know, McDonald's, Burger King. Taco Bell. Wendy's. I never heard of a Taco Bell until probably 1980. Two? That's probably when they popped up. Though. Yeah, probably. But, you know, one restaurant chain, uh, now that we're talking about Taco Bell, that has really done amazing with the rebranding has been Taco Bell itself. Because really? I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, Grandma's toy box that she had uh, that mm-hmm. had basically yeah. all of our cousins, like past toys. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Adam's toys would be from like the late 90s or so. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Taco Bell Chihuahua was in there and you could like tap oh, his head right. I forgot that. and he would do the Taco Bell sort of slogan at yeah. the time. And then I think by the time I had said that long ago. Yeah. And I think they just changed it to the bell within the, I want to say mid 2000s oh, that's or a so. Terrible idea. But now like people my age love Taco Bell. People and, love Taco Bell. And everybody fully acknowledges. I've probably been there 10 times my whole life. Yeah. yeah I don't like it at all, but um, it's also probably some of the, cheapest food and i don't mean just by dollar amount but low quality well i think it's i think for some people it's just like it's both right Mm -hmm. you know uh but taco bell has done an amazing job catering to i'd say millennials and also gen z because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a late night it is let's go and good for them and they're always open yeah and you can always rely on if you want a decent amount of food for two yeah. to five dollars you love a soft taco i'm just gonna say it <laughs> <laughs> well they're dorita and honestly they go crazy with their uh like menu items uh-huh. you know their baja blasts which are super popular mm-hmm. they're adding alcohol to them now so people can now have adult baja blasts and uh they're coming out with a hard seltzer of their baja blast so isn't that crazy it is good for them so they're really expanding into like a million different places mm-hmm. but i feel like they've been i feel like when I was um, probably 
like a kid. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, oh, Taco Bell's disgusting. Mm-hmm. But now people are like, yes, I want to go to Taco Bell. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it for sure. But to those who like it, I can see why because there's a million different things to get. Yeah. And I would say they're probably one of the last bastions of like um, what we expect from fast food. It's quick. You get enough food that you're satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, it's enough junk food to just like, you know, make you happy. But And also it is that cheap. It's actually as cheap as you expect because now when I, um, for example, we just went to a burger joint, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily fast, fast food. It doesn't have a drive through Right. But like you end up paying close to like fifteen twenty dollars for one person at those kinds of places now, mm-hmm. if not even more. So I feel like fast food has just kind of quietly become a lot more expensive. And I read somewhere and not as fast exactly. And I read somewhere that their menu uh, across like a study of multiple uh, places their menus and fast food have increased by like 225%. Like the, they've expanded the options on the menu. The options. Well, this is interesting because that's what I wanted to say. So I'll use McDonald's as an example, because yeah. we all know if you listen to that episode, McDonald's mm-hmm. is my favorite fast food place. You didn't like it for a while. Right? I didn't like it for a while. And now, and I love it. I'd like to preface so this by saying McDonald's. I used to love happy meals. When you I was did. A kid. Please, Always. please, 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 please. Can we get a happy meal? Yep. That's yep. That was me. Yep, every single that time. That was you. And um, and because I'm a good dad, most of the time the answer was yes. But McDonald's <laughs> has, you know, I've seen the rise and fall of McDonald's menu. Sure. Right. So, you know, they're always going to have the staples, the Big Mac, the Quarter Pounder, mm-hmm. the hamburgers, cheeseburgers. But, you know, uh, filet fish Do they still do those? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Those things are good. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had one in a McDonald's while. McDonald's fish? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's awful. fresh, fresh fish from <laughs> fresh <laughs> from Fall River. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, you know, then they, they always had the great breakfast, the big breakfast, the eggs, the, the sausage. And then they added, no. you know, they added so many things like the McRib mm-hmm. and grilled chicken and fried chicken and chicken nuggets and mm. spicy chicken nuggets and uh, breakfast burritos. Those things were amazing. They added those in the early nineties while I was on the road traveling a lot. Mm. And I used to, my mouth would water just driving to the to the mcdonald's drive-thru to get you're those. crazy but i know right i'm sad <laughs> but then it just left a terrible taste in my mouth so i had to just sort of you know but they've gotten rid of those things mm-hmm. but i was just reading that a lot of the scaling back of the fast food menus is covid related they want to they want to simplify their menus they mm-hmm. want to purge themselves of for lack of a better term, of things that were not the hot sellers and the mm-hmm. things that were not, but they even got rid of when McDonald's added all day breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was a win for Greg. Yeah. I love breakfast food and I love McDonald's breakfast. If food. only Chick-fil-A did the same, but then they also, yeah, but now they also have, um, well then they expanded, they had salads and their, their coffee bar was so much more expansive than it is now. And they really pulled all that back. Honestly, McDonald's, I think it has like 10 things on their menu now. Really? Yeah, I remember I mean, at one point, 10, maybe twenty-five. At one point, it was probably thirty, thirty-five. Yeah, no, no, it's they've scaled a lot of it back, and and they say it's you know to it's a function of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but also to simplify things for their staff because you know it's 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 become working at McDonald's has to be a great job, a great learning experience because of how fast-paced and how different and how you know. Then there's, you know, me, I drive up and I'm like, I want two burgers, two hamburgers with ketchup only and a large caramel iced coffee. 
<laughs> and they say, are you using the app? Oh, there's an app. There is. Rewards app. I, yes, of course I have is. it. I've never of used course. it, but I'm, it's one of my goals for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> one of your goals, right? Self-development. Yeah. I should have on my bucket list last week. But I, I think it's kind of funny because I feel like most fast food joints sell, their hot sellers are like 95% of what they sell is maybe four or five super popular items. And then they're constantly rotating new things in and out to sort of test the waters. Is this doing well? We might be able to add it to our usual mm-hmm. rotation. Burger King had a had a chicken parm sandwich at one point in time. It was so good. I want to give credit to Burger King because nobody likes Burger King or they don't admit it at least. Which is the biggest change, sea change from my adolescence. Because yeah. it was always McDonald's and Burger King was like, they were at Coke and Pepsi. Well, they just can't seem to get it right. So, they cannot. Oh, did you see that tweet that they put out? Um, I think it was last International Women's Day or something like that. And they said... I remember they, it making the news. I didn't see the tweet, okay. though. So the tweet started, women belong in the kitchen with a period. And then once you clicked on the tweet to see the replies uh-huh. in the thread, it said... If they want to, of course. That's why we're setting up a fund for female like cooks in the industry. There's not that many like uh, you know they're highly underrepresented in fast food, and you know we're if they want a career, we're basically going to help fund that. But the problem with their marketing is that <laughs> like most people are just going to read the tweet and take it at face value. Uh-huh. They're not going to click on it and see their explanation underneath. So Burger King has just been doing a lot of things wrong. Their, their, their mascot is creepy. Like he's not cool. The Burger King is scary as anything. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they've done some pretty innovative things too. Like I think they used to release like video games with uh-huh. uh, about the Burger King king, like sneaking around. Yeah, and remember the Burger King was like in people's stuff? front lawns at times in yeah. commercials? That would freak me out. Yeah, I know. So, it, it, But what's up with Burger King's marketing team that that passed through their marketing experts i just you know even the people who have been doing this for a long time some ideas just sound so much better on paper than they are in execution and sometimes being provocative is um can be can work for you Mm -hmm. but i think most of the time it can work well you have to tread really 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 lightly because there's a hard there's a hard line between being provocative enough to be like surprising somebody Mm -hmm. like oh i haven't seen that before Mm -hmm. and oh well, that could have been taken the wrong way. Right. So, uh, yeah, especially in an age where brands, people, everything is held in much higher accountability, there's going to be – it's harder to be provocative. Like, remember GoDaddy.com with the Super oh, yeah. Bowl commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know they were, like, a, a web host, basically, right. a website host, like uh, Squarespace uh-huh. or Weebly or something like that. But I don't even know what those are. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, but essentially it was, like – this is so mid two thousands, but you know, just a bunch of all the way back in the scantily clad women. They had Danica Patrick. Yep, I think yep, I remember yep. every and time. Every time I hear her name, I think of GoDaddy. That's so interesting because now it's so much different. It's yeah. so much different. Like they've changed up their marketing entirely. And I think the problem is they always had a good product, but you know, whatever sells in another mm-hmm. in another age doesn't sell in exactly. this age. And so that's where I think Burger King's coming from because they have really good deals and really, honestly, pretty darn good food. I'm going to tell you, that prices. chicken Whopper is amazing. I, I've always loved Which used Whoppers. to be called the BK Broiler. They used to do $1.49 for 10 nuggets and three sauces. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot beat that. And then they had the chicken fries too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Uh, but while we're on the topic of, of uh, yeah. Burger King, I got to tell you, over the holidays, I was cleaning out 
a drawer and mm-hmm. I found one of those old Star Wars toys. Old Star Wars gift cards that were the hologram kind. Oh, those were so And we had talked cool. about those, those in our fast so- food episode. So uh, it was the one of um, Obi-Wan and um, Anakin on... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. All right, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Because you remember those really cool Star Wars glasses that we had? They were from... Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Like episodes four, of five, course. and six. Right. And I think there was a promotion being done in the early 80s mm-hmm. to promote Return of the Jedi or something. Mm-hmm. Did you get those glasses from McDonald's or Burger King? I got the first set of glasses from, wait for it, Arby's. Oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> Arby's? Yeah, yeah. Back when I was going to Three River Stadium. Um, I also read online, you know, this is some, this is an interesting topic, too, because I've, you've told me before, this place doesn't taste like it used to, or they must have changed up the recipes or something, because people online say that Arby's used to be so much better than it is now. I haven't been to Arby's but once in the last 20 years, and it was fine. But it was so good at the time. And you know me, I'm not a sandwich meat person, I'm not a roast beef person. I'm not I'm not really a sandwich person. Right, sure. You just had a one pound burger, but you know. Well that's not a sandwich, that's a burger. That's different. It's in the sandwich family. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've never been a roast beef person, but people say even now that it was so much better 10, 15 years yeah. ago than it is currently. And I think that's because uh, of such high supply and demand, they need to make the cheapest products even faster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think people, you know, you you always hear me say you can't put a price on convenience. Sure. And so I think people are willing to pay more now for fast food than they ever were. If you look at Chick-fil-A, yeah, which I do not understand, but we've already had that conversation mm-hmm. on a pod. Um, you pay quite a bit for that fast food. Oh, it's and in my opinion, it's, it's not that great. It's worth every penny. For no, me. never, never <laughs> felt bad. You're agreeing and disagreeing. Never no. felt bad. No, no I just don't understand it. But I mean, there is no food I am going to sit in that drive-through line for that long to eat. No food. Well, I mean, it, they they're so efficient. They go fast. When they say my pleasure, I say no. It was my pleasure <laughs> to pay you for such wonderful food. And I don't even have that opportunity because I am not sitting in that line. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, for for uh, atheists, I think Chick Fil A is probably the best argument for religion. <laughs> okay, I like that, that food. That food is blessed. That food is so blessed. It's so good. But um, we should we should say here that Luke worked at Chick Fil A for two and a half years. Yeah. So, so I mean, he knows the ins and outs of it. And um, honestly, I think that set him up for a lot of success yeah, in his career. Yeah. I, again, I'm telling you, working in fast food is all. I, I did it to some extent, but has to be a lot of work. I think you learn a lot about work and develop a work ethic when mm-hmm. you have to, first of all, deal with people in a high-paced, high, high mm-hmm. paced, uh, fast-paced environment. Mm-hmm. And I would think that work in the drive-thru. It's like I always say, a barista at Starbucks mm-hmm. probably couldn't do it. Way too many different things that people like. Yeah. And I'm always that guy at a restaurant, too. So I know. I just, you know. I'll call myself out right here. I always respect people who work in fast food because of the conditions that they have to work mm-hmm. under. Like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. the just terrible people mm-hmm. they'll sometimes have to mm-hmm. deal with, or on a very, uh, you know, on a pretty consistent basis. But also because fast food does not pay nearly enough no. to live. Like, I, I mean, it's crazy to even. I mean, you're going to be working what forty even more hours a week, so you're basically getting paid just enough 
to be in a place that you're almost never in. Yeah, I will say though that that's probably in a whole other podcast no, for a whole other season. By the way, this is the first episode of season two. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I've been putting us as season two ever since 2022 started. Okay, it's the third or fourth episode of season two. So, <laughs> yeah, but I would I would argue that um, working at a fast food place um, has historically not been designed uh, for to allow for a certain standard of living, which is you know that again the level of of um, challenge associated with those jobs you know should be more should be a lot more than what. Um, they pay. Well, yeah, exactly. We're not going to dive too deep into this, but you know, obviously <laughs> people don't really respect people in service until they need them. And is that true? They're called essential workers, yet it's really just a pat on the back and no other incentive. Yeah. No, I, I honestly just thought that was really unfair during the entirety <laughs> of the last two years. Well, I think you know me well enough to know that I, I respect every job because anybody who's out there working. Um, yeah. They're, they're contributing something. Right. Yeah. And we all are reliant on each other. I mean, I need people to do the things that they do so that I can do the things that I do. And, and I think vice versa. Yeah, no, of yeah. course. And it's interesting too, because I was on one Sunday night or a couple Sunday nights, I've tried to order pizza and the places are closed. Do you call them or do you order on the app? Well, I look online to see if they're open, first uh-huh. of all, but sometimes with fluctuating hours because of the worker shortage, they're not open as late or uh, sometimes they won't do delivery Uh or even pick up. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes you realize there's so many of these places that were closed. Like I couldn't even go for pickup. It's just, you know, I used to be able to just call in a pizza whenever I wanted. Isn't it funny how inconvenienced we are? And I'm I'm using air quotes here, but inconvenienced we are because we're so accustomed to Walmart being open 24 hours or, you know, uh, McDonald's being open until mm-hmm. 1 a.m. or something like that. And, you know, uh, it's a it's a different world. Absolutely. It's a different time. I think, different time. I think Burger Flipper should be used as like a term of endearment rather than something that's more used as an insult. For oh, sure. I completely agree. And then last thing on this topic, I did want to ask this question. If you were a line cook, say mm-hmm. at McDonald's mm-hmm. in the 1970s, mm-hmm. could you have paid for a house like eventually maybe had kids and a family like would that have worked maybe no, as a I manager imagine no I, I don't know i don't know what a manager makes um i know what i know what minimum wage was when i was growing up well it's more in line with um cost of living too right exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah like many things are yeah um but i i can't answer that i have no sense of you know what that what you weren't interested in economic developments uh, when you were. I was eight really. Or we didn't have uh, Happy Meals, so I wasn't really interested in going to McDonald's. When did they the, introduce Happy Meals? Uh, I maybe in nineteen eighty in the eighties, maybe. That was we could easily find that on probably one of the single best marketing tactics I've ever oh, seen. Absolutely, because it encouraged children. To want something, I remember Got these cheap plastic toys. Please, that, please, 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 can I have a Happy Meal? I mean, I was right there. I, I was their target demographic. I, I leaned right into mm-hmm. that. I, I let me just close by saying, and mm-hmm. and we've sort of been all over the place, but it's been kind of fun. Yeah. Um, McDonald's biscuits. I don't like biscuits. Mm-hmm. Those biscuits, plain biscuits, yeah, are so good. And their oatmeal <laughs> is not to be missed. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. McDonald's has the best oatmeal. Starbucks says, or they used to call it um, perfect oatmeal. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not perfect oatmeal. McDonald's, perfect oatmeal. Interesting. I rest my case. You rest your case. Cool. Um, I did want to ask you. Sorry, I've already rested my case. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, 
uh, awaken it. Okay. Uh, anyway, so you said, I remember we went to, maybe it was like PF Chang's a couple of weeks ago and that's not fine dining or fast food. We do food. a lot of eating here. Oh, we certainly do. Um, a lot of consumption, consumption of movies, <laughs> right. music, TV. Well, that's what we talk about. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe like big real ideas. Important. <laughs> We don't have time for that. <laughs> Leave that to the scholars. That's anyway, right. but um, what are some places uh, that you would say, because I think you said P.F. Chang's and places like Outback maybe were so much better at during the turn of the century than they are now. Mm. What kind of places would you say have sort of followed along that path? You know, it's interesting you ask that question because sometimes I wonder, are places that different or has my palate just grown. I'm not going to say been more sophisticated, but I, I'm saying I've probably eaten more mm-hmm. and at more places. So the places that I thought at the time were amazing, mm-hmm. maybe are not as amazing. Um, but yeah, I would say I used to love Outback. I used to love TGI Fridays. I used to love Red Lobster. Now Luke and I can, can put down some Red Lobster, but there are... I'm not a fan. I know you're not, but a lot of the Olive Garden, when Olive Garden, when we first discovered it, it was in Florida mm-hmm. when we first discovered it. And we would, you know, we would like detour yeah. to go to an Olive Garden because those breadsticks were amazing and that salad and just all the Olive food. Garden was a destination place at it, one point. It, early on, but I got to tell you, Olive Garden, you know, we have one and I've been there maybe once in the twice in the last five years there's maybe a maybe five times there's a certain amount there's certain kinds of restaurants that i like to call middle class fancy and i think that's chilies i think that's olive garden i think that's uh red lobster and i think that's also um my outback's pretty expensive i don't know but it's those places that are not quite of those steakhouses well, you know red lobster is not cheap no, it's not. I mean, it obviously when you go to Red Lobster, you know you're going to be paying a little bit extra. But because that's that's you get the, that's fresh the, seafood, especially if you go to the one in Burlington, North Carolina. But I mean, if you would go to a steakhouse and pay fifty dollars for right. a filet mignon, you right. know that's like the casual fancy about it. So that's yeah. pretty funny. Casual dining, yeah, casual definitely. Which is, there's fast food, and then there's casual dining, and then there's everything else. Yeah, and then yeah. There's next year, fine of dining, of course, is way up there. Um. Yeah, and I'd say like one last thing I do want to ask you about is um, what do you think, how detrimental do you think, or how much do you think this documentary disrupted uh, fast food mm. in general? And I think you know what I'm going to yeah. say, supersized Yeah, me. I read the book. Because I remember my friends would have Mighty Kids meals, and I always wanted one, but you were like, no, that's too much food, and uh-huh. we couldn't supersize calories, it. Yeah. And I always wanted that, but I remember, I think this one single-handedly yeah. killed those massive portions yeah, yeah and then introduced apples salads like all yeah, of that yeah it did some good for society I, you know remember that when i was growing up what this is not hyperbole no. but the what was the large mm-hmm. drink is now the medium drink right and, and it was and there was no super size anything or biggie size or whatever it is mm-hmm. it was just small or large fries yeah so I think that that sort of was uh, what checked, put things into perspective. Um, so I do think there's value in the fact that, you know, the fact that now you have the caloric and the number of calories on a menu oh, yeah. certainly pushes me to order things that are different. And, you know, no. I'm, not, I'm not a terrible eater. I just like to eat. No. How's that? But um, so to your question, I, I think it did more, more good than harm. Yeah, definitely. maybe not for the industry, but I think the industry had to learn and and be creative and and 
uh, diversify what they were offering the public to consume if they were going to continue to um, grow in their, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Profits. Definitely. Well, cool. Yeah, that's our sort of meditation yeah. on I like how... that. It's a meditation on the evolution of fast food. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's so much more that we can dive into. That's but what we should call this episode, about the that. evolution of fast food. Evolution. Oh, well, I have to stay consistent to our titles. You know? I know. I, believe me, I've so noticed. You guys talk for, about this. For 53 years, for 53 episodes now. <laughs> oh, is that how long it feels? <laughs> no. Recording all this? No, 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 no. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into our check it out. And I would like you to go first because I have something in mind, but I forgot the title. of it. All right. Well, I've got it and it's a TV show. Big surprise. And I'm telling you, it's Ozark season four. Mm-hmm. If you are a fan of Ozark, and I got to tell you, it's really heavy stuff. Um, it's on Netflix, of course. Uh, it's with uh, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. And um, not only is it extraordinarily well acted, it is heavy, but it is engrossing. And season four, unlike a lot of shows that we watch that, you know, we go for a period of time and you almost forget what happened. Yeah. This, you sort of, they've done an excellent job of, of allowing the, the casual viewer that are your mom and me to jump right back in and we're on episode five and it's really good. Final season, episode, uh, final season, season four, Ozark on Netflix. Check it out. Cool. Yeah. I've been meaning to watch Ozark. So good. All right, so this one is also a Netflix recommendation. So this one's called uh, The Alpinist, or The Alpinist, uh, which is about a guy who just goes free climbing on the craziest mountains, peaks. Like, this guy is, I think, uh, it came out in 2020. So he was, a, I think he was, like, what, 22 or 23 when they made the film about him. But uh, this guy free climbs, which means he doesn't use any extra tools harnesses he literally just takes a chalk bag and then finds grooves on the rocks and uses his hands and like legs to just reach the top of mountain peaks and he is just completely uninterested in records and fame he just loves to to just scale things Mm. and he accidentally broke some professional climbers records and hadn't even hadn't even known about that it's a really fascinating documentary on a very niche subject that's honestly very, very fascinating to watch because the angles that they shoot him at, you can just feel like how somebody would be um, so afraid from that height. But he's about in his most relaxed state ever. And it's incredible to see his philosophy on it. So um, his name is Marc-Andre Leclerc. Uh, so that must be French. He's from Canada. And it's called The Alpinist. It's really, really good. And I think you should watch it. So the official summary is, uh, the guy I just mentioned, climbs alone, far from the limelight. On remote alpine faces, the free-spirited 23-year-old Canadian makes some of the boldest solo ascents in history. Yet, he draws scant attention. With no cameras, no rope, and no margin for error, his approach is the essence of solo adventure. Super cool stuff. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you don't trust Rotten Tomatoes, 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. You got to hand it to people who do things not for the fame, but because they just enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. However, I will add that now he has a Netflix show. So there's some fame there. Well, yeah, there definitely is. But he just, so they gave him a phone. He just didn't even own a phone beforehand. Um, and the reason these guys found out about him is because somebody posted something on an obscure blog post that they had. Um, like, so he was discovered. He was discovered. Yeah, that's and cool. They gave him a phone so he could be in contact mm-hmm. with them. 
and he just stopped using his phone oh. for months and months and months. And like, hey, we want to film you. And they're like, well, he's, he said, well, it's not really a solo climbing adventure if y'all are filming me, mm-hmm. is it? Right. So he just scaled a million peaks mm-hmm. uh, in that time. And then he said, all right, so now that I've done it, you can come back and watch my process. Right. But he was kind of drawn away from that. And it's super, it's super cool. Yeah. So, I like that. I like that because I always say that to your mom about like when we're watching reality television and mm-hmm. something will be happening. And I'm like, yeah, don't forget the camera person is right there capturing yeah. all of this. So it's not like they're, you know, why are you worried about them? Oh, yeah. I think about that. I think about that all the time. It's just like, well, I mean, some of this has to be manufactured. Right. Like they, you know, it's not like you forget that the camera is pointing directly at your face. Right. So. We're seeing it all the time. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So let me just say this. So mm-hmm. that must mean then. Uh, the title of this pod is Two Guys Talk About the Evolution of Fast Food. Uh, yes, that okay. sounds great. All right, just checking. Cool. Right. Well, with that, thank you for listening to another episode in Season 2. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk.